Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Have you seen life change through inductive Bible study? Then invite a friend and come to a workshop near you where you can learn more about how to study the Bible inductively. Interested in hosting a workshop at your church? Contact our events team today by emailing them at training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. Would you consider partnering with us in funding our new building through our Thrive campaign? To learn more and see a video tour of the new building, visit our website at www.preceptministries.ca slash thrive. Now, stay tuned for episode one of three of our podcast series, Is Anxiety Calling You? Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sheldrake here, and uh, this is Unlocking the Truth podcast. This is a special podcast. I've got with me a guest, Paige Fury. Paige is serving as our uh, summer student, right, Paige? Yep. And uh, if you follow us on Facebook or um, are you on Instagram too? Nope, just on Facebook. Just on Facebook, Precept with Paige, and uh, she's been giving the updates each and every week of uh, what's happening in the ministry. She is Paige. <laughs> How many years have you served at Precept, Paige? This is my fourth summer as an intern, so I've had various roles throughout the years, and my third summer, I started Precept with Paige, and then now that I've been back this summer, we're doing it again. What's the highlights of your time here at Precept? Um, I think definitely just thankful for the practical skills that I've been able to learn. Um, Mark especially just has a lot of faith in me to give me random jobs and let me <laughs> learn it along the way. So I've learned a lot of practical things through that. And also just getting to be with mature believers who want to see me grow in the word has been so impactful in my walk with the Lord. And so I'm super thankful for all the opportunities I've had to be here at Precept. And Paige, why don't you tell everybody when you started doing Precept Ministries studies? Yes. So I went to Central Baptist Academy in Brantford. Um, I've grown up in the city, and there I was introduced to D4Ys um, through Precept at the school. We walked through them in our Bible classes, and so I was introduced to Precept through that. And um, my best friend is Camille Hart, so I knew Tom and Jane growing up um, and spent a lot of time with them. And so I was able to be involved in student conferences and boot camp and then eventually did my internship and then have continued to come back um, for many summers to do that. And so I've been able to be involved in Precept for pretty much as long as I can remember. It's as long as I remember as well. (laughs) (laughs) I've just always been around. I keep coming back. You keep coming back, and it's good to have you back. And I thought we could just start with a little bit of a funny story, um, Paige. And why not tell everybody about your first job interview, the first time you came to Precept. And Um. uh, I was asking you (laughs) if you could do all the jobs that we wanted you to do for the summer. Yeah. So I have much regret in that this summer currently... I told Mark, I apologize that I have lied to him for many years, because in my very first interview, he asked me a lot of 
skill testing questions if I knew how to do various tasks. And I said yes, I really didn't know how to do most of them. I had an idea, maybe I was comfortable at least trying it. But I said yes to a lot of things that then he would ask me to do it, and I would just Google everything. And I still do, actually. So I admitted that this year, my fourth summer, but there's definitely been a lot of regret in telling him that because he keeps bringing it back up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is, the, this is the reality of, you know, when uh, you don't repent of your sin. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we've, we've been really thankful to have Paige here each of the summers, and she has done uh, a number of different jobs, including in her first week uh, this year, helping get out uh, our plumb line for um, the month of June. So Googled it all. Google. Yeah, I was Googling with you, so it was totally okay. <laughs> but uh, growing in her skills, and currently, Paige, uh, what are you doing outside of Precept? Where are you being educated? Yes, currently I'm a student at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. So just finished my first year residentially there. Um, I have two more years. I'll be going back in August again, and I'm studying there to, for pre-counseling and human services. So, yeah. Pre-counseling. Pre-counseling and human services. Amazing. That's just a big title for yep. what's the end goal <laughs> that when you graduate, what you want to do with your, with your life. Yeah, so it's obviously a pretty open-ended degree. I can go a lot of directions with it. Um, but just through things that I've been able to be a part of and have experience in thus far in my life, um, I'm definitely very passionate for, for youth and um, families and just seeing how much of things that we experience in our life come from the family structure. And so I'm very passionate about working with youth and being able to just do life with them and walk alongside of them. And so I don't necessarily know how that will look now, but definitely want to be able to use counseling um, within the church and being willing to just talk with people about life and all the things that come along with it and how we can view that biblically. So biblical counseling is a really important uh, aspect of where we are in our world today. We have um, multiple self-help books, multiple uh, ways in which people can get the um, uh, so-called help they need for various situations in their life. You have people who uh, probably still to this day, look to Oprah Winfrey mm -hmm. for um, uh, guidance in, in how to live. You have uh, this Dr. Phil um, guy on television who, you know, is writing all these books. Then you have all these um, other Christian um, writers who write as well, but they, they don't write from a biblical perspective. They write mm -hmm. from uh, the you know, using here and there verses to uh, really help people through some difficult times in their life. And the idea of this podcast is over the next three uh, sessions that we'll do, we wanted to look at one aspect of um, an issue that uh, many people are facing in the world right now, uh, but not only just people in the world, people within the Christian circles as mm -hmm. well. And, and that is the whole topic of anxiety. And uh, so I'm thinking through um, just even looking at uh, my daughter, um, who's just turned 14 years old, and uh, looking at the anxiousness that comes out of 
kind of rushing through the career path and through the education system. Um, when I grew up, much longer before you, <laughs> we had an extra year of high school. We had the Ontario Academic Credit Program, um, OAC, and that allowed us to spend another year doing university level courses within the high school program. But now universities are looking all the way back to grade eight for um, admissions because of the number of people wanting to mm -hmm. apply. And so the pressure is on uh, students to get um, the best grades, to know what, they, what their career path is. And what we're seeing in the world now is we're seeing uh, the pressure of all that come down on people and uh, um, not sure how to respond to all of, of what's going on. So what's been your experience when it comes to uh, you know, what you've been learning about anxiety in school, what you've been uh, learning out in life with the issues of anxiety and um, so on and so forth? Yeah, it's so interesting because even in preparing for this, I'm sitting here going, oh, well, I don't experience anxiety, and it's totally fine. Like, this is just something we can talk about. And as much as it's not something that I'm daily um, feeling the pressure of and having anxious thoughts about lots of things that I'm going through, there still is, as you said, there's so much pressure, especially for my um, generation. Um, everyone goes to university. That's just how it is. And so you have to be the best um, to be able to get into those those programs, and like you said, there's so many people applying, and there's pressure coming from many different areas. Um, I know for me, it often pressure is just coming from myself. Um, I'm just someone who is always an overachiever. I want to be doing the best. I want to have, you know, have it all together. Um, but there's also for many people, there's pressure from parents. There's um, even adults, I think there's often still pressure from parents of how to parent their children, how to whatever it may look like. Um, there's pressure from friends of, well, they're doing this, so then I have to do this to be successful. And so it becomes very overwhelming when we have all these things coming at us. But also, they, there are real-life things that we have to experience. Like, I, I couldn't just say, well, I'm, I'm too worried about having to apply for school, so I just won't apply. Um, because the reality is, is that because everyone goes to university, for me to just say, well, I'm just going to not try, well, then I'm not going to get any results from that. And that's, um, that's a very worldly perspective, but it's still very realistic. And so a lot of it, though, does come down to if those pressures are coming, then as Mark said, it's all about how we're responding. Um, and often when we're, we're covered in worry and anxiety, a lot of it comes down to laziness, idolatry, and unbelief. Um, and when we're Christians, we're able to, to look past that. I think a lot of it comes back to having an eternal perspective. Are we, are we focused on those pressures that are right in front of us and that's just the end game and we can't look past that? Or are we saying, you know what, this is really stressful right now and it can be, but my response long-term can be to see that there is so much more than me getting into that school and that will be my goal, that's what I work towards. But if I don't get it, it's not the end of the world. And I think that's where a lot of the laziness comes in sometimes. It's just, well, I'm too worried that it won't happen so I just won't try. And, and that's not realistic either. Um, God has, has a plan for each and every one of us and that's gonna look different. And again, sometimes that's gonna be harder. There is gonna be more things that cause anxiety and sometimes there's not. Um, but we can't just choose to say, well, I'm not going to try and I'm going to sit around and do nothing, um, even if it does cause anxiety. And then 
even bigger than that, I think often it always comes back to idolatry. What is most important to me? Am I so anxious about getting into a good school because I have to be in that school to be successful? Or am I more worried that my relationship with Christ and knowing him more is most important and no matter what I'm doing in life or where I am, I am able to have a relationship with Christ and know him. And all of those things are just extra blessings along the way. And as I continue to strive to trust him throughout that whole process, um, he will guide me and lead me to where I need to be. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be stress-free and easy, but my response can be looking to the eternal and not looking at what's right in front of me and stressful in front of me, which is very easy to say and not always easy to do, but still so important that as we, if we are continually I think just coding ourselves in the truth of God's word. Um, I was reading even a devotional this morning about um, becoming, and they were saying, you know, this is kind of a stage, and I'm reading it going, this is a, becoming should be an always. We're always should be seeking to know God more so that we're, we're growing because we're always going to be inundated with lies. Our world is covered in them. I think that's why we see anxiety as such a bigger deal now because people are always told that they're not good enough or they need to work harder or whatever it may be. And ultimately those things are often aren't true, but when we're focused on them, that then brings this worry and pressure always. Um, And again, I definitely think we see this in in my age and in students, it can be very difficult when there's lots of decisions to be made all at the same time. And there's not always a sure answer that can cause a lot of worry. This is the thing is that the world is, where a lot of the pressure is coming. That's why I thought it would be really good for us and for to have you on here, Paige, with the, to do three weeks of uh, releases of podcasts on uh, the topic of anxiety, but break these down um, into the three different sessions being, let's look at what the problem is mm. of anxiety and then uh, define it, what is anxiety. And you've given three good uh, uh, ways in which anxiety comes out we also want to look at what does the bible say about anxiety and we'll have a special guest with us uh pastor jeremy heikinen who will join us to uh he's a biblical counselor and a wonderful guy who uh, will give great insight and then um the final podcast is what, what are the practicals like how does one go about in the world as a christian um a child of God, how do they respond well to to the anxiousness and the anxiety in their lives? And and you think about um, uh, before we get in, even into those practicals, you think about what oh I've got anxious feelings, and you might have somebody go right to uh, Peter's letters and say, well you're just supposed to cast all your anxiety on God <laughs> and give it all to Him. Mm-hmm. It's like a backpack. Take it off. Put it on him, and he'll he'll carry it for you. That's easier said than done to look yeah. at those scriptures. And so what are some practical ways that we can do that? And we'll have um, uh, Jennifer Peterson, who is uh, the sister of um, Jane Hart. And uh, both Jane Hart and Jennifer Peterson, for the, for the years that I've known them, have run uh, a course with a number of different people in a mentoring process called uh, Biblical Thinking. And Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of the staff members uh, that have been through Precept over the years uh, have gone through that Biblical Thinking course and 
you've watched as uh, the more you think biblically, the more you'll be able to deal with the pressures of the outside world. And uh, that's just what you were saying earlier, is we got to get back to the Bible. And this is, this is why this is a fantastic topic for even precept ministries to cover, mm-hmm. because we're all about putting people into the Bible, engaging people in relationship with God through knowing His Word. And so as we uh, immerse more in the Scriptures, uh, we're going to be able to handle more of the pressures that come around us. And so... Uh, let's look at the problem. Uh, define it for me, Paige. What is uh, anxiety? What, where does it come from again, and what have you learned? I think ultimately anxiety is something that our world uses a lot. We hear it all the time, but I think anxiety is really just um, not worrying about the appropriate things that should bring us fear. Like there is things in life that cause fear. Like we're not, I think an example we use all the time, we're not just going to walk across the street without looking. We should have a healthy fear of, of protecting ourselves physically. But anxiety is just an extreme response to uncertainty or difficult circumstances in our life that we're not dealing with biblically. And I think that all comes back down to what is our priority? Is our priority having an eternal perspective and looking back to God's word for direction? Or is it feeling like we need to have the answers we need to know what's going on. Um, but again, there's still, in our world, we still need, there's a natural fear of certain things. We need to be fearing God. Um, we need to be looking to him. We need to be giving still proper planning in our lives while acknowledging God's sovereignty. Um, but it can, be, it can be difficult at times. There's lots of pressure, and, and it's all really about our response, I think, more than it is about circumstances. They, they can always be difficult. That's going to be everyone's life story at some point or another. You know, I was thinking about is we're currently working through the book of Mark for our summer uh, study and we're as a staff and we're just getting into week three of our um, uh, course. And uh, just this past couple days, I've been studying through um, basically chapters four and five of Mark, and you've got the disciples, and Jesus is quite crowded, you know. He, he's been teaching, and, and uh, he actually gets into a boat because there's too many people um, on the shore that are crowding him, and so after he's teaching, they decide we're going to go out on the sea, and we're going to cross uh, the Sea of Galilee to, to kind of get away from, from the people, and, and uh when they're out in the middle of the um, boat, the storm picks up, and you know Jesus mm-hmm. is sleeping in the bottom of the boat. And the, these disciples, they're, the Bible describes them as frightened by the circumstances that are around mm-hmm. them. But then when Jesus uh, comes into their presence and he calms the storm, the way that Mark describes it is... Uh, they were even more frightened by the question that Jesus asked of, do you have no faith? Yeah. And we look at those kind of circumstances that are around us that you're describing. Those are uh, at points sometimes of legitimate fear. Yeah. You know, when you're in the midst of uh, a storm or you're um, in a difficult valley within your life and you're struggling. And I think about some of the major things that cause anxiety in people's lives. And one is uh, sickness and death. Mm-hmm. Think about um, a person who has um, 
receive the diagnosis of cancer? And where does your mind go automatically when you receive the diagnosis of cancer? This is the end, yeah. you know? My father was diagnosed with cancer just um, a little while ago. And uh, so now we're constantly watching um, him in, in the process of going through treatments. And, and right now he does not wanna be around anything that discusses death, describes death, mm -hmm. or have others dealing with death. I also, I mean, my dad's had health problems for a long time. I remember him uh, having a stroke and laying on the bed in the hospital and looking at, up at me and just looking and saying to me, I I'm afraid to die, yeah. you know? And so what goes through your um, mind when the anxiousness comes and all those worries and fears and doubts and and concerns uh death is death and sickness is a really big one that causes a lot of issue the other um one that probably uh, affects us all and and many people but i can even think of when jessica and i first got married it it was a huge issue was money mm -hmm. um what what happens when you don't have the money to pay the bills each yeah. and every month or to put food on the table, let alone, wait a minute, now I have children to take care mm -hmm. of and provide for them as well, that there's anxiousness behind money. And uh, the other uh, possible, you know, I'm looking at three of them, would be the other uh, potential cause of anxiety, and we'd all be kidding ourselves if we never <laughs> admitted that this one was an issue, yeah. is relationships. Um, I'll never forget uh, being a pastor in a church in Hamilton and getting up on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m., walking to the front and standing in the pulpit and just looking out among the congregation, knowing that um, there was some issues going on in the church. I, I can't even remember. This was so long ago. I can't remember the issues that were going on. I have no idea if they were directly dealing with me personally or whether they were just um, within the church. But I remember going up and standing in the pulpit and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I can cut the tension with a knife. Mm. And just thinking through um, my own anxieties of, are these people hunting me down? Mm -hmm. Like, are, are they trying to get rid of me or, or what's going, what's going on? And then add, put that within the church and then even within your own families mm -hmm. and how, how relationships with own families can cause anxieties. So, uh, three, three huge, um, reasons for anxiety, death and sickness, obviously money, and then relationships. Yeah. And I think it all, again, it all points back to that self-focus, I think, especially within relationships. All of the anxieties normally come from, do they not like me? Have I done something wrong? How can they like me more? Um, we naturally all desire relationship. And when it's all focused on ourselves and what we're getting from it and what we want to see happening and how we want to be involved in that relationship, it's going to crumble eventually because there's going to be times where people fail us, where things get difficult. Um, but if our response is always me, 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 that's 
we're never going to be happy. And in the same way, you know, when we think back even to Mark, the disciples are sitting in the boat thinking, we are going to die. Why is Jesus not doing anything? Like almost, you know, why is he here with us if he's just going to sit here and sleep and not care? And that's a natural fear, obviously. I think if I was in the boat, I would have said the exact same thing. That's terrifying. But yet Jesus is saying, why do you not have faith in me that I can deal with this? Just step back from the situation, calm down. Let's, let's look at this again and see it's not about me. It's about other, you know, there's other people in those boat, that boat. And let's, let's look to see what Jesus can do in this situation and not myself being pleased and myself being honored. Um, and I think that's what a lot of it comes down to as well. You know, the other interesting part of this whole problem of anxiety is plans. Mm-hmm. You think about plans. I'm a huge planner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use a day planner. My wife will tell you that I'm the exact opposite of a planner because I cannot remember the things that when I'm supposed to do them. And But I have great plans and want to put things in place. And uh, I can think back to um, my time as a pastor and thinking about God's call on my life and mm-hmm. how God had called me to to be a pastor and to um, walk that path of, um, you know, I don't know whether I would ever have a mega church or just have a good church with solid people who are growing in their relationship with God and discipleship, and yet that wasn't going the way that I had hoped it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to plans, my wife and I, you know, we we got married young. We were we were in our early twenties when we got married, and and we had plans too. And one of the plans that I had always had was, man, I cannot wait to walk in the same footpath and paths as my my dad did with me. You know, so what did that look like? That was hockey practices on Sunday morning, not Sunday mornings, but you know, early Saturday morning hockey evening hockey, my dad driving me all over the place. I remember once my dad told me, he said, when you're 16, you can get your driver's license and you start driving yourself to hockey because I've been doing this for, you know, 10 years already. So, but, you know, just kind of that whole idea that, you know, when my son is born, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with my son and I'm going to take him to hockey practice and and I'm going to have the same dreams that my dad had for me, you know, to, to play, uh, you know, good quality hockey. And then our son was diagnosed with autism and you're like, oh, that plan's changing. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when you have a child with special needs, there's a whole lot of different things that come into the picture. And now one of the things that uh, Jessica and I not necessarily are overly worried about, but it's something we think about a lot, is what's the future Mm -hmm. look like for our son with special needs, will he be able to work? Mm -hmm. You know, will he be able to function um, and live on his own? Will he live in our house (laughs) for the rest of our lives? What will happen to him after we go to be with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Who will take care of him? Mm -hmm. And so the plans that get put in place for us are things like financial plans, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that there's finances in place, that if he ever had to live in a group home after we pass away, that, um, 
uh, he'd be able to afford that, that he would have yeah. money to do that. The other part is we always tell my daughter, you know, no pressure, but <laughs> get a good job so you can pay for him too. Anyway, <laughs> but you have, you have people, okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and give you great examples. You have people who put really good plans into place, mm-hmm. but they never consult God Mm-hmm. on those plans. And so what happens when your plan is in place? I'm going to get married in my 20s. Mm-hmm. By 25, I'm going to have a child. I'm not I'm, you know, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom or or whatever the case may be. I'm going to have a really good job. I'm going to have a big house with nice cars and a swimming pool in the mm-hmm. in the backyard. Like I'm going to have all of this in place. Because that's really, you know, in the U.S., they'd say that's the American dream, it's right? American dream. But w- what happens when you hit 30 right. and you're not married? Mm-hmm. What happens when you hit 35 and you don't have a child? What happens when you're 40 and you're still working in that job that you never desired to work in? And... At what point does the person with the anxieties, the worries, and fears look and say, uh, God, you're not fulfilling uh, the will you have for me Mm. in, you know, how do we determine the difference between God's will for our life and what our self-imposed plan is? Yeah, I think so often, too, we think of God's will and we think it's one thing, it's one direction. I need to know what it is and I need to get to that spot eventually. And a lot of this that we're even talking about is coming from faith, biblical counseling ministries. And and I was sitting through a session where they were talking about God's will. and, And it's not always just one thing that we need to arrive at. And so when we think about that, first of all, it takes the pressure off. We don't need to just be getting to one goal. It might look very different um, than we ever imagined. And I think we often do find ourselves saying, well, God, why aren't you doing your will in my life? And the whole time it's been our will. And so, of course, we're frustrated. Our plans will, will never satisfy us. Um, and so a lot of it goes back to are we, just like Mark said, are we making plans with, with God's word um, and, and trusting him, um, because when we're not making plans, we're, again, we're being lazy. We're not choosing to make the most of, of the calls that God has given us in his word. Um, but also we have to then make those plans with an open hand to be able to say something might change and, and that's okay. We're going to continue to trust God that it's, it's part of his plan and his will. Um, but still moving forward in those things and not just saying, well, I'm not going to try because I'm worried and I thought it was going to be this one thing and it isn't anymore. And I, I think of even, I was just talking to a friend who I met this past year at Moody and she has just been an amazing influence on me and just continually watching her life as an example of someone who is just willing to um, hear God's word and do the hard things to grow and be spiritually mature. And she, I was talking with her the other day and she said, I am learning to completely accept that this life is not about me and it doesn't matter. And again, that takes the worry off when we're making plans and it's always that we have to accomplish goals, we have to please people, we have to do A, B, and C so that we get this one right thing that we think is God's will. We will let ourselves down, but when it's, when it's not about us and we're willing to make plans 
give it to the Lord so that if one day we, we, you know, we have a family and we have a child and they have special needs and now the plan is turned upside down, we're able to say, okay, this wasn't what I thought, but then how do we move forward? How do we grow in this situation? And how do we continue to trust God and learn that this is still his plan for us, even though it's never what we envisioned? And I think we see blessing in that as well as we continue to trust him and, and grow in that. And this is the thing, when you step back, and I'll use Jessica in my, my life as a, an example here, when you step back and you get over the initial shock of a diagnosis of a child with special needs, and then you step back, and, and I mean, you know my son, you, you, mm-hmm. your mom teaches him piano, mm-hmm. uh, tries to, but you know... Um, when you step back and you look at the entire perspective and you look at it through a biblical lens, what a blessing it is to know that God um, entrusted you with that, with that mm-hmm. um, young man's life. And I mean, even um, yesterday I came home from, from the office and I said to him, hey, Ethan, how's it going? What'd you do today? He's like, well, I just jumped on the trampoline a lot today. <laughs> And then he just walked away, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, but what I was, what I'm saying is, like, you know, you look back and you go, okay, this this is a blessing. This is not a curse upon me. There's mm-hmm. nothing to worry about. God has entrusted uh, His life to to us. We're to take care of Him. We're to raise Him. I don't think we're supposed to do anything different with Him than we would with any other child mm-hmm. that we've been given. We don't treat our son differently than our daughter. We both raise them with biblical principles. We have good discussions with them about what the world and the pressures of the world bring. We also even look at discussions about, look, even though the world is pressuring you to go these certain ways and these certain plans, what what are we going to do and put before God to know that we want to follow his direction versus Mm -hmm. our own direction? And that's one of the highlights of, uh, of a sermon I heard just a few weeks ago about um, the whole problem of anxiety, and it wasn't even a part of the sermon. It was just like a quick little um, kind of illustration of, um, that was coming from the book of Isaiah. But any time that we elevate our plan that we have over the will of God or his plan for our life, that's idolatry. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you had talked about earlier is one of the issues that we start to uh, worship our own plans before worshiping the mighty God. And then when our own idol cannot perform for us, we become devastated by that. Yeah, and I think it's so important too. If we're if we are not in God's word, we don't see that we're choosing our own plan over God's. And I think that's such an important thing to remember. We we will not know God's will if we continue to trudge through on our own. And that can be so easy to do when we're not in the word. And so it's so important that we start there. It is. And that's why uh that's the perfect segue, you know, for part 2. Because that's what Jeremy wants to walk uh, with us through is uh, what does the Bible say about anxiety? How yeah. does the Bible um, tell us we need to deal with our anxieties? I mean, we understand the problem. The problem <laughs> is that um, it's our flesh. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's our sinful nature that we receive from um, our, um, you know, our forefather Adam. <laughs> when he when he sinned, sin entered into the world, and therefore we all live uh, the life of of sinners. Uh, many of us, you know, washed in the blood of Christ, but still flesh, mm-hmm. still living in this corrupt world. The book of Romans says that creation groans waiting for the return mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And so we're here uh, for the time until the Lord takes us home or the Lord returns. And so we have to learn how to battle against the world. And uh, that's what the whole book of Philippians is all about. It's a battle of the mind, mm-hmm. um, and learning how to overcome all those things. So we hope that just really in our short time of discussion here on what it, what the problem of anxiety is and where it comes from, and um, maybe you out there are feeling that, you know, I've got these anxious feelings and I'm not sure how to handle them. Now, well, you want to tune in for the next couple of weeks uh, as we deal with uh, what the Bible says and then give you practical tips on how to deal with it. So thanks, Paige. This is a wonderful... Um, chat an opportunity to uh, minister with you through the podcast mm-hmm. yeah. hope you had a good time I did I'm super excited and excited that this is just the surface and we'll we'll be able to dig into this more and have people who are really in this field and ex- go through this a lot with people and and have a lot of knowledge of again what does God's word say and how do we deal with this biblically yeah I can't wait for uh, week two and and for week three so thanks for joining us and uh, tune in again. So looking forward to having Jeremy hiking in with us for part two. Blessings. If you are interested in biblical resources for how to deal with and struggle with anxiety well, please check out some of our books and Bible studies that cover this topic. We especially recommend Lord Heal My Hurts, our 40-minute study on breaking free from fear, and studying through the book of Philippians with our various Bible studies. Also, feel free to call us at 877-234-2030 or email us at info at presetministries.ca anytime if you are in need of help and prayer. Thank you for listening. Unlocking the Truth is a free podcast available for you. Check out our website for more episodes at www.presetministries.ca. To help enable us to create more podcasts like this, please prayerfully consider donating to Preset Ministries Canada online at www.presetministries.ca slash answer the call.